the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and the Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more, trying to get you to retirement, trying to get you to, to be conscious of things, conscious of things like should you get married or not. And that sounds like a really, really aggressive commentary, but it's something you need to start thinking about. Like 20s and 30 years old and in the Bay Area, do you want to make a kid, no kids? Or, you know, a, I can't really speak as well for Des Moines, Iowa, or parts of Georgia, where the cost of living is different. Um, I can tell you here, it's, it's a financial decision to get married. It's a financial decision to have children. I've got a friend, um, just someone that I know. Um, he's a juggler. And he's a younger guy. He's under 25. Um, he's still going to school because he kind of figured out that school is where what gets you to a career. So he's still kind of figuring that out. But he got a girlfriend pregnant, and they're having the baby. And I'm like, dude, this might be a financial death sentence for you. Um, You're a juggler. You know, literally the guy does, like, birthday parties. He's a juggler. Uh, But he's going to school, but he doesn't have that that career job yet. Now, I, I don't know much about her, to be honest. She may be smoking hot, and he just couldn't help himself. He may, she may have a great job and wants to have a baby. I want a baby. I want a baby. I want them their huggies and all, and all the money you have in the drawer. So things not looking good today. Um, but yeah, I do. I really, really. Before I get into the things not looking good, I really want you to think hard and deep before you. Make financial decisions. And it starts with high school. Right around 12th grade, you need to get your stuff put together and think, what am I going to do when I go to college? I could take on a massive amount of debt and be a philosophy major. And basically just be the stupid, stupidest person on the planet. Someone who takes on debt, a large amount of debt, so they can have no career that pays them, gives them the ability to pay that debt back. If you're going to spend money, you might as well get a good return on investment. Like, I myself, I like to drive beat-up old cars. Because I would rather try to impress women, which I think the world is all about. I'd rather try to impress women with great vacations and jewelry than, say, my vehicle. If a woman loves, like, an Audi or, see, I don't even know nice cars, Jaguar, a Porsche, if women love that kind of thing, that's not the woman that I'm turned on by. I want a woman to be fooled by, you know, rocks that grow on the ground and vacations to parts of the world where they treat Americans like the sheep that we are. So, I think, you know, the return on investment for me in a car, not good. I don't, I do a lot of driving, so I want a functional car and I want a car with a good stereo. And I don't need something that depreciates faster because I'm going to, probably put it in the ground or put it at 200,000 miles pretty fast. 
Okay. So everything that I spend money on, I look for some sort of tangible value. And I think you should look for tangible value in relationships. And I think, you, you know, there's, you know, that whole income inequality thing. They're starting to figure out some twists on it. That there's the growing haves and have-nots. Because back in the 50s and 60s, you know, the boss would marry the secretary. There weren't other women at work. And now there's, there's boss, female bosses who are marrying male bosses. So the two smartest people in the company are, like, hooking up. So the secretaries are marrying the, you know, the letter people, mail clerks. Um, so it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. And those two salaries, it's part of the income inequality, they're saying, uh, is that people have the ability to uh, pick mates that they want, sometimes for financial reasons. Okay, so things aren't looking so good out there. Walmart is latest retailer to warn unexpected fourth quarter earnings shortfall. Um, that's interesting. They said they were going to be impacted by the reduction in food stamp benefits that went into effect on November 1. Deflation concerns surrounding the Eurozone after it was reported that CPI was just some tenths of a percent year over year versus a prior increase of eight tenths of a percent. So deflation is a bit of a problem in the consumer price index. You want it to be Goldilocks and you don't want it to be too hot but you don't want it to be too cold. And it's going from a hot trend or a warm trend to a less warm trend. People are starting to worry, like, wow, we may not be able to raise prices. And if we aren't able to raise prices, then the prices will deflate and we'll make less money. And we'll want to protect ourselves as much as possible from the, the threat of deflation. So the yen is up against both the dollar and the euro, feeding concerns about levered carry trades. Boring. A lot of emerging market currencies continue to weaken, showing this week's volley of defenses, interest rate hikes. really didn't provide much. Amazon.com getting hammered in pre-market and in the market today. See how bad Amazon's getting crushed. I saw them last night. I've been doing Chad Burton's show every day from 1 to 2 because he's on vacation. Oh, he's on a holiday. But, uh, yeah, Amazon's down 30 bucks and at 372 Okay, let's... Let's have some perspective for you babies out there. And by babies, I mean you. Yes, you. The dude who likes to wear a diaper. What's up with that? Okay, now I admit wearing a diaper to a concert, pretty cool. So you never ever have to leave the front road to go to the bathroom and then fight your way back. Um, okay, so in the last year, Amazon.com has gone from $269 to... What's the high there? Four, four oh seven, and now it's at three seventy two. So in the last fifty two weeks, it's gone from two fifty nine to three seventy two. If you take out the recent highs. Okay, now who are the people that are like, wow, it's at four hundred. I really got to buy it. Basically, everyone who's ever bought this stock has made money, except for the people who are like, wow, it's at four hundred. I really have to buy it. So you can see that that's contributing to a weekday, but you can't really like cry about it. MasterCard's getting hit hard today, down 5%. They came up shy of expectations. Great Google the Moogla. They missed missed their earnings. Um, But, and this is the big but, work with me. Work with me. I guess if we're speaking about big butts, it's work with me. Uh, Google up 4% today. That's not bad. They didn't have the best quarter. Um, And guess who else is up? And I don't want to say, you know, look at me, I'm great. But please, look at me. 
I'm a sunshiny, blonde-haired, golden god. I'm kind of a big deal. Chipotle Mexican Grill. And I've been over-talking about this. I've been talking about the you know the people under 35 who want fresh, organic food. I, I know I, I'm the person who's been pounding on this one. Right? I think I have. They're up just a whopping, just a skosh, $70 today. Sitting at an all-time high. Um... $563, well, it got as high as 568 today. But here's a restaurant company that's really crazy expensive. Um, and, you know, it, it, again, they don't make burritos 2.0. They don't make, like, gold-plated burritos, or they don't make burritos that have um, the ability to earn income in down years. They've got concept of fresh, local, organic, not a lot of hormones in their food. So they're going to have problems down the road because it's going to be tough to keep those costs contained every single quarter. But that trend, like I said, if you take your kid to McDonald's today, you're basically feeding them cancer. That's what people think. It's that fresh organic angle, and there's more than one stock, but Chipotle is the poster child. We'll take a break here. Be right back. Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I try to spot the trends inside the trends. And it's kind of uh, pretty obvious to me. MSNBC fires its social media manager for a tweet about the Cheerios Super Bowl ad. I think people are just crazy with their willingness to get into social media. So MSNBC fired its social media manager yesterday for a tweet about the network's account about the Cheerios Super Bowl ad, which caught the attention of the Republican National Committee Chairman, Reese Priebus. It read, maybe the right wing will hate it, but everyone else will go, ah, the adorable new Cheerios ad with a biracial family. Now, again, we either live in a world where we over-apologize where we seem to be apologizing for everything. I don't know. Clearly, MSNBC's social media manager uh, definitively drew a line in the Republican versus Democrat world. And maybe news isn't supposed to definitively do that. Um, long story short, there's not a long story short. I'm just stunned at what people post online. It's crazy to me. Amazon's lower today after missing estimates and issuing cautious guidance. One thing that Amazon kind of hinted at during their conference call, and just to show you what kind of cool, sexy player I am, I listened to the conference call, and one of the things they hinted at was raising the price of Amazon Prime. Now, I love Amazon Prime, but it has its problems. Amazon Prime is that service that you can get two-day delivery of basically anything. My microphone uh, amp blew up. It literally blew up. It had a nuclear explosion and had a little mushroom cloud. I wasn't able to go near it for a while. And I'm in the quandary of do I want a compression mic, do I want a condenser mic, do I want a dynamic mic. 
Uh, what sort of microphone do I want to replace it with, or do I just want to replace my amp? Um, it's, it's a powered mic, so it kind of gives me a little deeper, richer voice, kind of like that. My real voice sounds something like this. Hi, guys, I'm Rob Black. When I don't have a compression on. Um, I'm a little bit, I think the word is called squirrely. Let's put it this way. I meet women, and I say, hello, and they go running. They're like, you're not the big, brave, strong man that you play on radio. I know, my microphone hides that. So anyway, and anyhow, um, so Amazon Prime will get me a microphone in two days. So if I order it today, I'll have it by Monday, right? I can even get Sunday delivery. So it's $79, and with that, you also get their TV shows, which I've watched maybe one or two movies, a couple documentaries on Amazon Prime in two or three years. Like it's, It doesn't have the catalog that appeals to me. But that's okay. Neither does Netflix. I think for Netflix to have the catalog that really works for you, you have to like stand-up comedy or you have to like children's shows. So basically, you have to be a stoner or a child. One of the two. And I'm not a stoner. Um, so anyway, Amazon Prime. Here's one of the problems. 79 bucks. It's incredibly convenient. Seriously, I can get what I need in two days. You can put off your Christmas shopping until the 21st. Like, that's pretty awesome. Okay, here's the problem with it. You can also get an order of Tic Tacs. You can spend a buck, and they'll bring Tic Tacs to you in two days for free. No shipping costs. Like, that's, they have to change that. Or they have to jack up the whole price of the service. And maybe they'll do that. Or what they have to do is separate the videos from the delivery option. They don't really give a lot of numbers. But anyway, so one of their managers said yesterday, they're thinking about raising the price from 79 bucks to... Maybe 99, maybe 119. It would still be in the realm of, that's about the same as Netflix. So people could say that, right? I like Amazon. I think you use weakness to get small positions. And I think in 10, 20, 30 years, you're going to look back at the small positions and say, this is a truly impressive company. And I'm glad I was, I was in when they were only making 50 billion in revenue. Um, I just think it changes shopping. And, again, it's one of those trends a lot like Chipotle, where Chipotle's got the fresh food or Whole Foods um, or even Starbucks. Starbucks, fresh cup of coffee, right? It's made while you wait. People love that kind of crap. There used to be a day when you'd use um, Folgers. You know, like it it was the nastiest coffee on the planet. It, It literally blinded small children in the Ukraine who ultimately grow up later to be terrorist leaders, and Stephen Spall beat them up in under seats too. But that's neither here nor there. Steven Seagal, holy mackerel. He's getting denser and denser and thicker and thicker. I think at some point in time he's going to explode. He's going to be like that guy from the Monty Python film where he eats a wafer-thin mint and finally blows up. Bring me a bucket. So anyway, um, am I done with (laughs) Amazon.com? I think I am. Um, Walmart issues a profit warning, citing weather and impact from reductions to the U.S. SNAP program. SNAP food, food stamps. Um, that's not good. That's not good. Retail's not been working in a lot of areas. The S&P 500's down 18 today. The Dow's down 211. The Nasdaq's down 38. Now, yesterday, we had such a big up day, based on those GDP numbers, that we erased a lot of the losses from the previous three or four days. Now we're back into losses. Go lower, baby. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Did he just say go lower, baby? Or as I like to say, lower. 
Lower. Yes, I want the market to go lower. I'm still kind of young and beautiful. Kind of. Although, I think I might have some grays. So I want the market to go lower, in large part because I'm maxing out my 401k. And on Friday at the pay period, it's going to buy into five mutual funds. And when it does, if it's lower than the day before, I just got it on sale, in my opinion. I'm still in my accumulate wealth mode. Now, again, it's tough to go out and say, let's buy Chipotle at an all-time high. But the trend of, oh, oh, this is what I was going to say with Amazon. I don't like people. I seriously don't. If I could sit in all day long on my couch and eat corn chips, it could be a variety of corn chips. It could be the spicy ones. It could be the originals. It could be the cheap ones. If I could sit on my couch and eat corn chips all day long, I would. That's what I love about Amazon. I know my UPS guys by the first name. Every now and then I've got a neighbor whose little chihuahua gets out, and the UPS guy brings him to me because he knows that like, I'm a decent guy and I'm not going to eat the dog. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to eat that dog. Wouldn't that be great to put a chihuahua on a hot dog bun? Yo quiero taco, Ben. Ah, that would be delicious. So anyway, um, it's a weird day because Chipotle's up 13.3%, but Sears holding down 5%, Amazon down 8%. Um, there's kind of a, a negative bent, to say the least. Not totally good with it. Hey, did you know there's a big game this weekend? Did you? At, at my house, I'm doing a big tic-tac-toe tournament. But it's going to be one of those beanbag-throwing tic-tac-toe games, so there's going to be some skill involved. Who came up with beanbag tic-tac-toe? Probably worth a couple million dollars, right? Oh, good golly. Um, okay, okay, get serious here. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. You're listening to Ella Maria Lanny Yelich O'Connor. If that was my name, I'd call myself Lords as well. Ella Maria Lanny Yelich O'Connor. Boy, that's tough to be a mom on that one. Ella Maria Lanny Yelich O'Connor, you eat your peas. Doesn't just exactly flow off the tongue, does it? Um, she was born in 1996, so you do the math, and you're like, oh, she's 17 years old, 18 years old, and she wins a Grammy, and she's got a number one hit worldwide song, youngest ever, and her name is Ella Maria Lanny Yelich O'Connor. Beautiful, beautiful presentation, but what's weird about it is the lack of presentation, at the Grammy, she wore really dowdy pants, really dowdy black pants and a white collar shirt. And other people were wearing dresses and, and, like, boots that light up. So she kind of dumbed it down or dressed it down, which I kind of give some credit for. I'm telling you, there's, there's something real about the millennials versus Generation Xers versus the baby boomers. Um, 
and the millennials are going to own the world in about 10, 15 years. And what's fascinating about it is it may not be a world that they want to own. There's not going to be a lot of salaries. There's not going to be a lot of pensions. There's going to be, let's take care of those old um, baby boomers. And, you know, it takes four or five of our salaries to pay for one boomer in retirement. Do you think there's class warfare now with the haves and the have-nots? You wait till the baby boomers are all retired and how much hatred uh, people under 50 will, will send their way. Because they're, they're taking away from the system. Again, I've got a relative in retirement. He's been to the hospital probably two or three times for things that ultimately turned out to be like gas, where he thought he was having a heart attack. Do you know what a fake heart attack costs? Fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. If they think you're having a heart attack and you go to an emergency room, they treat you like you're having a heart attack. And Grandpa just has, has gas. He ate too many beans last night. There's going to be the, the okay, I'm not going to get into that. Ella Yelich O'Connor. So, I like the name Ella. But you know what, it would be bad with that. Everyone would be going, Ella, Ella, Ella. After the Rihanna song, Umbrella, Ella, Umbrella. Mattel shares are down 9% today. Why? Barbie. Barbie. I know you're saying, that's kind of interesting. It is kind of interesting. Keep in mind there's like Bratz Girls and Monster Girls and uh, toys have changed, but Barbie's still pretty important. But she's losing her popularity to the brand's dark Monster High dolls. So Mattel's got dolls like, I don't even know. I, I, I know a neighbor has them, and I've never really gotten close to that neighbor, and I don't know, but they're monsters that she can dress up. And they have like, Arms that fall off and things like that. So Mattel today getting hit pretty aggressively. Income of $369 million compared to last year's fourth quarter income of $306 million. That's not bad. But it's the fall of Barbie that's the story here. Revenues were down, which is the story. Because you can manage your earnings by firing people and creating efficiencies and move manufacturing around from world areas. So Mattel's girls and boys brands unit, um, where it starts to like get into like Disney princesses, Hot Wheels, Matchbox, Tyco, they basically own all, most brand toys, right? But Barbie is the problem. Um, American Girl uh, has done very very well, not as well as the Monster High. I know you're saying, are you going to continue talking about this all day long? No, because I don't want you to change the channel. But I do want you to realize that Wall Street's all about investments. Investments are all about product, and Barbie is a product. And at one point in time, I think we all undressed a Barbie in our life and looked at it and went, what's going on with that? Like, is Ken missing something? I think we all have some sort of experience of Barbie and Ken in our life, right? Or G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. My G.I. Joe's used to beat up other kids' Ken dolls. So just... Don't know there. That's kind of a masculine child. But anyway, um, Barbie's product. Cisco's got router. That's product. Uh, Whole Foods. It costs a whole paycheck. You can go to Whole Foods and get one bag of groceries, and it's a hundred dollars. It is pricey. Never buy meat at Whole Foods. I know. I know. And what's weird about the whole millennial things that I was talking about with Lords? Millennials don't care. 
they feel like we want the highest quality food. We will not eat processed food. Um, like, my generation, the generation before me, the baby boomers, they had TV dinners. And TV dinners are nasty, horrible things. They are nasty. But, like, my parents knew, you know, they grew up in that era, and you know, there was a couple TV dinners in our lifetime. I'd rather die than eat a TV dinner at this point in time. Now, I'll eat McDonald's on vacation when I'm, like, in Thailand, and at some point in time I've just, I've eaten so many worm-infested foods and so many just god-awful nasty things. I admit, when I am lost in a third-world country, a developing country, an emerging market, when I'm having fleas attack me in South Africa, if I can find it, because you know it's the same food, it's all processed. So, anyway, um, so Barbie is product, right? There's an investor named Peter Thiel, and he's the guy who co-founded PayPal and acted as a CEO for a good long while. And he recently said something that I've, I've... He's got a program called 20 Under 20. And what he does is he gets people under the age of 20 to drop out of college and gives them a big chunk of cash. Now, he doesn't do it aggressively, like, all across the world. He doesn't, like, you know, encourage kids to drop out of school. But he had a great quote recently, and I think he's totally right. And this is... This is what's wrong with America. This is where it starts. He said, on higher education, university administrators are the equivalent of subprime mortgage brokers selling you a story that you should go in debt massively, that it's not a consumption decision. It's an investment decision. Actually, no, it's a bad consumption decision, he says. Most colleges are four-year parties. I kind of agree with him. It's 130% true. My first year of college, and it's been a while since I was in college, on the first night, I remember on the second night, I, I, I kind of hooked up with someone, just kind of boy meets girl kind of thing. And I remember, like, leaving her place, like, at 11, 11, 15. And, you know, we probably got together and talked about politics or something. Like, isn't it great to be away from mom and dad? And let's talk about, what do you think about the world political situation? I remember, okay, walking down the hall. And I see someone squatting at the end of the hall. And as I get closer, I'm like, is this person drunk? Is this person sick? Are they on the phone? Well, you know, maybe the roommate's inside and said, leave. Like, what's going on? And it's a girl. And they get closer. And there's something hanging out of her butt. And I get closer. And I get closer. And she's pooping in the hallway. She's so drunk. She's pooping in the hallway. Like, I, I remember thinking to myself, this is college. Like, you don't see that in high school. You don't see that back at home with mom and dad. Right? And Peter Thiel on higher education, his quote again was, University administrators are the equivalent of subprime mortgage brokers selling you a story that you should go into debt massively, that it's not a consumption decision, it's an investment decision. Actually, no. It's a bad consumption decision. Most colleges are four-year parties. I agree. You know, I, I've told the story a couple times already this week that in college I dated a girl who was a graphic designer, or just out of college. And she was a great graphic designer. And she went to a college that they only had 20 to 40 graphic designers in the School of Graphic Design every year. And you had to apply, and most people got turned down. But their idea was, we're going to make our graphic designers some of the best in the world. It's not going to be, you know, you show up, you breathe, you get a graphic design degree. So I thought that, in hindsight, is pretty cool, and every school should do that. It should be more competitive at schools. But it also should be more warnings. Like, if you really want to be a philosophy major... Philosophy majors should be outlawed in this day and age. Philosophy majors were important 2,000 years ago 
when the Greeks and the Romans were sitting on the steps, going, where should we take our society? Should we be moral and righteous, or should we be greedy and consumers? I don't think we need philosophy majors at this point in time. Now, if someone's going to email me, my brother down in Chile is a philosophy major, and he owns a major telecom company worth $14 million. Okay, okay, that's fair. On occasion, a philosophy major can be a successful capitalist. But I, I think our university systems are failing. You know, I remember taking a playwriting class in college where it was a big circle of people, and everyone had to talk, tell the teacher why they are taking this class. And one guy said, I want to write three sets of plays all about the name Ariel. And one will be a Greek god, and one will be a woman, and one will be a man in love. And these three plays will unite each other in a ring trilogy. And I'm like, you are a, you are a, a Richard. Like, you are an idiot. It, just in my head, my internal editor was on back then. But I remember looking at him with like a guffaw, like, how are you going to help the world? Your, your trilogy of a name, Ariel, just because you're obsessed with Ariel. And he was kind of goth. You know, he was one of those people that wore matching black clothes. Um, I would be interested to see where he ended up. And again, I don't think you have to have, like, the best-paying job to be the most successful person. Um, I do think it gives you great vacations, absolutely. But with that said, I just want you to have a career. I want you to be able to earn enough money from age 20 to 60 to live off it from 60 to 80 or 60 to 100. I don't want you to live in a trailer park in retirement. If that's where you end up, I think you're going to find it very unattractive. So, Peter Thiel, you agree or disagree with this statement? Subprime mortgage brokers, referring college administrators to, that's hardcore, and I kind of like it. We'll take a break here. I'm Rob Black. Of course, if there'd really been a huge problem. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Panama is upgrading the Panama Canal, and that is positive. So, um, I don't know what else to say other than that. So, the Panama Canal is rushing to finish, the Panama Canal Authority is rushing to finish $5.25 billion effort to keep the canal relevant. Some new locks in a deeper channel will accommodate ships 1,200 feet long, 160 feet wide, 25% longer, and more than a third wider than the biggest ships that can use the canal today. I don't know. Uh, is there a story there that's tied towards business? Sure. You know, shipping transportation, massive government projects, infrastructure, names like Caterpillar, um, obviously play into this concept. I would love for any president of the United States to continue to improve our infrastructure grid, our transportation grid. Um, I will say this, you know, the whole California high-speed rail thing, I'm kind of glad it's not coming together very fast because as soon as it does, we're going to have the California high-speed grill or the high-speed rail employees strike, right? We have to deal with that. 
at some point in time, it's going to happen. Yahoo today is identifying um, efforts to break into users' email accounts. They're basically forcing everyone who uses Yahoo Mail to reset their password. A list of names and passwords used in the attack was probably taken from a third-party database. So it's the biggest web portal out there, they said recently, that you know they found a hack. Now, what's interesting to note about this is Yahoo Mail's got over 100 million daily users. And CEO Marissa Mayer has been criticized by a lot of customers for changes she's made you know, of the design of that service. So, and the issues have been compounding, and now security attacks are becoming more regular. So, you should change passwords every month. You don't, but you should. Um, that becomes a problem at some point in time. When a brand becomes known for the hacks against it, you become less likely to continue to go there and, and do your business. So, they need to get on top of that sooner rather than later. Let's take a look at the market numbers today. We have a down day. Who so we had a down day, right? Um, we're having a down week. We had a good day yesterday tied towards GDP. In the world of rocks, scissors, paper, stones, scissors, airplanes, something else, GDP trumps everything, in my opinion. If we get GDP growth of 2 to 4% in this nation, we can operate pretty well. Now, last year, we only got like 1.9%. But don't forget, the government shut down for a large part, and they also decreased their spending, which should have freaked everyone out, right? And it did kind of freak a lot of people out. But even more importantly, when the GDP numbers came out yesterday, the back half, the last six months, were very strong, showing you that we've had some momentum. Now, we could lose it. But in a GDP growth environment of 2 to 4%, 4% being hot, 2% being eh, that's okay. 1% very difficult to win in. And negative GDP growth is called a recession. That's very difficult. But that tends to be when you get your best bargains because people panic. They go, oh, no, we're in a recession. So, anyway, the Dow's down 163 today. SP 500's down 13. The NASDAQ's down 30. Now, let's talk a little bit about this. The Dow Jones Industrial Average... If you go back three months, you can kind of see where we are on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. We're higher than we were three months ago. But in the last month, we've gone from record high to now down, uh, what is it? Um, We've gone from 16,588 to where we are now, 15,683. So we're down roughly 900 points, 800 to 900 points, right? Wah, get the pepper shaker. You know, is your butt shaped little baby? Do we need to put a little little cream on it? Ointment? Okay, you want ointment. We're not at an all-time high. It's okay. Last year was a glorious year. Last year, to put it in perspective, might have been the best mile you've ever run on the market. It was a smooth year. Everything fell into place nicely. Bad news market went up. Good news market went up. So we're in a little bit of a correction on that. Last month was a month where there was a record number of dollars coming into the stock market from people like you and you and you. Good morning to you and you and you. I work with someone in TV, and I hate what she does. She says, good morning, San Mateo, and good morning to you, Santa Rosa. And I'm like, 
You say good morning to cities. Come on. You know the city can't hear you. Um, it just sounds stupid. It sounds like a bad trick that someone told her this is the way to do it. Uh, Microsoft has a new CEO, and it looks like they're going to kick Steve Ballmer off the board. Not Steve Ballmer, but uh, Bill Gates. So a guy named Satya, Satya Nadella, an Indian-born engineer who runs Microsoft's fastest-growing cloud and enterprise business. So new CEO. Now, Steve Ballmer was like this big, goofy, white guy who looked like the guy on the TV show Coach. And he'd run around, and he was like a cheerleader, and got everyone motivated and excited. He kind of looked like a big Frankenstein. Of, he was CEO, Frankenstein CEO. And, you know, he basically sat there for 10 years and watched Microsoft crumble. So Microsoft does enterprise really well. And some people say that Microsoft should spin off consumers and just kind of let that whole area die. Or maybe compete with Google by giving away the software for free or something like that. You know, try to copy Google's business model of get you on the services on the back end. So the enterprise is making money hand over fist. The cloud is making money hand over fist for Microsoft. So something's going to interesting happen there, I think. Um, I think I think Microsoft for too long tried to keep everything pulled together. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Got some seminars coming up February. Going to be in Pleasanton in late February. Learn more about that at robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. You can find me on Facebook, Cron4, Rob Black. That's Cron4, Rob Black. Can't you feel the cold wind? House Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black. Anybody you know, Rob Black talking about things financial money, investing in more? 800 516 to get your calls on the air. Microsoft has a new CEO, Satya Nadella. Um, and there's also a chance Bill Gates steps down as chairman of the board, which is kind of interesting because as long as I've been alive, I've known of Microsoft and Bill Gates, and that used to be just an evil company. Um, there was a product called Stacker that would double hard drives. Back in the day, hard drives, believe it or not, you were happy to get it like a 10-meg hard drive, and it would double your storage capacity like 20, and then Microsoft just copied it and built it into Windows and put the company basically out and they sued each other and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, Sachin Nadelli, will he or will he not um, separate the consumer from the enterprise side of Microsoft, which is what a lot of people on Wall Street want, because the enterprise has probably more value than the consumer, and the consumer is probably weighing down the quote-unquote Microsoft stock. There's an IPO coming out, a company called Box, a cloud storage enterprise startup. They file what's called a secret, C, C, a secret IPO. So look for them to come sooner rather than later. Um, and that'll get some people excited about online storage, which is great. You know, I look back and think about all the things that I've lost in hard drives and 
some of them have more value than others. But uh, like some of my college plays, I used to write plays in college, like or my college papers. I kind of wish that they were um, stored somewhere other than a five and a quarter inch floppy. I kept the five and a quarter inch floppies just in case they ever made a comeback. I'd have my college papers, but well, let's just say three and a half beat them out. Amazon had a record sales for the holiday quarter, but they missed on earnings. Stock gets hit. Google, they had a slight miss on earnings, highlighting the fact that ads on mobile don't get quite the premium pricing. But that stock's higher today. Zynga fired 15% of its workforce. Zynga's just a mess. It is just a mess of a company. Um, California, San Francisco. Word with friends, Zynga announced that it is acquiring UK-based gaming company Natural Motion for $527 million, which is already considered a technology in decline. So they're cutting another 15% of their workforce. That comes to roughly 314 employees. Company posted fourth quarter revenue of $147 million, which is $6 million better than expected. User numbers continue to decline across the board, which is just death to a company like Zynga. Now, Zynga's stock is a big winner today because they're firing people. But you get to a point where you can't fire people. And it's run by, not run by, because he had to give up the title of CEO. He was so bad. Mark Pincus. Um, Mark Pincus is, to me, the slimiest person on the planet. Like, if my sister were to date Mark Pincus, I'd probably shoot my sister. I know you're saying, whoa. Whoa. Um, so that's what I think about Mark Pincus. He's just a vile human being. So one of those people that has used the publicly traded markets to personally benefit a lot. A lot. He would give stock options to employees and then take them right away, right before they're about to vest or fire them before they vested. Like, he's just not a good human being. So if you see him, hawk a loogie his way for me. If anyone spits on Mark Vegas, okay, I may give you $10, but I'll totally deny ever saying this on the radio. Not like it could be found on the podcast, but if it could, I totally deny it. Yahoo bought a startup company that makes a virtual assistant named Donna, but they're shutting down the app. They want the technology, they want the patents, they want the... Executives. Google's first stock split's going to happen April 2. That's got people kind of excited. It doesn't change a damn thing about the stock, but they announced the stock split. And it's something we didn't think the company would do. They seem to kind of be inspired by, we're going to do our own little thing, and, like Warren Buffett, and not split our stock. And if we do our thing, people will find it. If not, we don't really care. Um... So this is a move engineered to ensure that Larry Page and Sergey Brin remain in control of the Internet's most powerful company. The split scheduled to occur on April 2nd has been delayed because of a staunch resistance from other Google shareholders who feared the maneuver would unfairly benefit Page and Brin at the expense of everybody else. So Google proposed the unorthodox split so that Page and Brin could preserve power in the company. They started in a rented garage more than 15 years ago. So, I don't know. It's just financial engineering to me, so I don't like it. I don't like it. And I don't mind telling you that I don't like it. Um, and what could be the, the most awesome thing ever? Oh, and by the way, uh, Android powered 79% of 1 billion smartphones shipped in 2013. There's a Chewbacca hacker. I know you're saying, 
You need to say that slowly, because I think I just heard you say there's a Chewbacca hacker. <laughs> yes, a cyber criminal ring targeting small retailers in 11 countries. Stole data on 49,000 payment cards using a malicious software code known as Chewbacca. <laughs> the firm's RSA first watch. They uncovered the ring, whose victims included small companies in the United States, Russia, Canada, and Australia. They managed to seal details from some 24 million payment card transactions over about two months. The report comes right now as the Secret Service investigates a major breach at Target that resulted in theft of some 40 million payment card members, plus other data from 70 million customers, along with smaller breach at luxury department store Neiman Marcus. So, Chewbacca, in the news. LucasArts makes this, you know the game operation. They make an R2-D2 operation. So the game where you have to like take people's kidneys out or put them back in and not, not touch the metal wires on the side, otherwise it goes beep. They make one with R2-D2. Which he doesn't love a good R2-D2. Like seriously, wasn't he the best robot buddy ever? Okay, worst, beady, 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 beady. I did like Tweaky from Buck Rogers, but that's totally off the radar. Okay, so we got the worst, dumbest phone call ever. And I'll let Brandon explain this one. Can you go on mic? No, Brandon can't go on mic. Okay. So we got a phone call during the break from a guy who wants to spend $1,000 to learn how to trade. Is that basically what he said? Yeah, that's basically what he said. Should I take a class for $1,000 to learn how to trade? And I say absolutely. Because there's the haves and the have-nots, and you are becoming faster and faster to have-nots. And if you are married to a beautiful woman, she will go for me. She will leave you and come to me. She will get on her horse, because she has a horse. She will open the barn doors, and she will gallop over to my side of the farm. And you're saying, what world do you live in where people have horses to, commit to um, drive around in? Well, okay, it's my world, right? So anyway, um, yeah, anyone who spends $1,000 to learn how to trade, you're an idiot. And you should basically have a sign that you walk around with this weekend, like, punch me, kick me. I'm an idiot. Um, I think the New Orleans Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. You should have that sign going. Like, you are that kind of stupid. If you could learn how to successfully trade for $1,000, would they teach you how to do it for 1000 or would they teach you how to do it for a million? Would someone share their secret of how to make money on Wall Street for $1,000? No way. You know, it's, it's funny, because in the first hour, I kind of took a shot at university administrators. But I'm also going to take a shot at, like, uh, subprime mortgage lenders and mortgage lenders who promise you real estate always goes up. I'm also going to take a shot at people who, their life sucks so bad, they decide to figure out how to rip people off and teach them to trade for $1,000. Good luck with that. and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Rough day on Wall Street. It's going to be okay. I want you to max out your 401k or your 403b or your 457, or I want you to start an IRA or a Roth IRA. I want you to save as much money as you can for age 60 to 100. And if you're not able to, it's a bad sign. You already have a foreshadowing omen that things are going to end badly for you if you're not able to save money. You may be in denial. You know how many emails I get from people that say things like, yeah, I'm 45 and I just never got around to saving money. And my response is, you're 45 and you're going to work till the day you die and you're going to probably be in poverty. Now, there's some niceties between those lines, but that's what you basically have to say. It's tragic. Um, and again, there's always there's there's going to be options that I can't control on radio, and you can thump me in. For instance, I know a very good-looking woman who is uh, a mom, and clearly her first marriage didn't work out. So she became kind of like a masseuse, and she met a very good-looking guy and got remarried. Now I know you're saying, well, she got lucky. She kind of did. She kind of hit the looks jackpot. And um, the guy, I guess this guy later in life, maybe he was getting remarried for a second time, but things are going to end up okay for her. But for a while there, she was concerned because she was a single mom with a growing kid. And I guess the first father, I'm not going to say deadbeat, but he kind of had that intonation. So, and she meets this guy who, he's one of those people that you just hate. You know, he's kind of like an explorer. He's a renaissance man. He takes his wine glass and he swigs it around and puts his nose in it. Comes up with like four different fruits and then a rare bark from like Romania that's in the wine. He's the person that you basically hate. You hate him. But you're happy for her that she found her dream man who can sniff wine like no others. Clearly, I think the whole process of wine tasting is a little overrated. So keep in mind, I will have a beer with you on my porch, and it'll be the best day of my life. It can't be none of that Budweiser or Coors Light stuff. I don't do that. I wash my dog with that stuff. Trying to save water, you know. Um, so next Friday, I'm going to have Josiah Sloan from Salt City, which, for the record, if you get a chance to make reservations ever, it's one of the greatest res- uh, restaurants in the world. Um, he is one of the greatest chefs in the world, in my opinion. Um, so I'm honored that I know him, and I think he's going to bring some argument on sustainability, on the drought, and other issues about restaurants. Um but it's one of the greatest restaurants. And it's like, I drive, I won't drive the nicest car because I would rather have one of the nicest meals. I won't have the nicest meals every single night. But once a month, if you can get to a great restaurant, it's quality of life that I dig. Like, I once lived in New York. And what's cool about New York is literally the chefs there can go in the dumpster, find 10 ingredients, put it together, and it's the best meal you've ever had. Whereas in California, we've got some of the freshest fruit, but we also have a drought. We also have some of the freshest vegetables. I mean, we, we are a land of, of, of a plenty here, but the drought is going to bring up some question marks for a lot of restauranteurs. So anyway, um, totally off basis. You know one business I wouldn't ever want to start? Restaurant business. 
So one business that I want to start that I know that I shouldn't start is a brewery because that would be the end of me. I would probably turn into like one of those people that lives in a cave and turns really white and, and really frail because all I'm doing is staying inside and you know concocting the perfect beer and making sure that it tastes right. It has to taste right on the eighth one, just like the first one. So, but you got to get the eighth one, right? And that kind of quality control would be the end of me. So the SP 500 is down 10 today. It's a rough day. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is lower today by 128 points. The NASDAQ is down 22. Now, we were lower earlier in the day, and it has improved somewhat. Um, big game of Tic-Tac-Toe at my house this weekend. If anyone wants to sign up for the big game Saturday or Sunday, Sunday afternoon, we're going to do it. So, and for the record, I don't have a TV, so we're not going to be watching the other game that you may want to watch. It's just tic-tac-toe, no electricity, and beer. So, anyway, personal income came out this morning. It came in unchanged, 0.0 reading. Personal spending slowed to a four-tenths of a percent read from revised six-tenths of a percent in November, but it beat expectations. Weakness in hours and earnings in the employment report pointed to lower wage and salary income and slowing farm income support payments are also likely to drag again. So overall personal income, very little change. Meanwhile, there was a surprisingly strong reading of a seven-tenths of 1% gain in the core X auto retail sales, and a modest expected gain in services should offset the pullback in unit auto sales to leave consumer spending a bit higher. So real incomes after taxes are down two-tenths of a percent. The saving rates dropped from, it dropped 3.9% from 4.3%. That's the lowest level since last January. And it's really a, a horrible number. The downward trend in savings can't continue. So people spent unexpectedly high cash balances resulting from lower spending on energy in third quarter. Now, I was talking to my producer during the commercial break, and I'm like, you know, I've got a decent amount of money. But I'm also very conservative because I want to keep it. Because once you start spending a little bit of money here and a little bit of money there, it goes fast. Um... So, Americans aren't saving enough. We need to save 15%, and we save 3.9%. And a lot of us live on, you know the fastest uh, number of bankruptcies in America? What segment it's grown in? Over 50. So, old people are declaring bankruptcy because of medical issues. um, And because of lack of savings. So, general lack of savings, and you have a roof go bad on you, next thing you know, you're, you're bankrupt. It's pretty tragic. So 20% of all bankruptcies now are people over the age of 50, and it's growing. Um, credit card usage on senior citizens who are in retirement is growing. So, and, you know, I, I started the segment by talking about Sansa V and this great restaurant down in Saratoga and um, how I like to treat myself to a really good meal once a month, maybe once every two months. Um, I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have a good nest egg. And that, to me, is what's important, is the ability to have a good meal. Um, but anyway, I totally digress. And I guess different things mean things to different people. But you have to have a good nest egg. If you want a nice car, you have to have a good nest egg. If you want great vacations, you have to have a good nest egg. And then it gets into the ramifications for people who are under the age of 40. Getting married and having children, you've got to have a nest egg. Getting married and buying a house, you have to have a nest egg. You listen to me, Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. Coming up, your favorite people in the world. 
I'm going to have an IRS agent on the air. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So it's that time of year again where you're starting to get your W-2s, your tax filings, your bank statements, your uh, paperwork that you want to put together so that you can take it to H&R Block, take it to a CPA, sit down with Intuit and start doing your taxes. Today is the first day of tax filing season as far as the IRS in processing. Let's bring on Rafael Tolino. Rafael, how are you? Hey, Rob. How are you? Good. And well, give me a little bit of an explanation on your title at the IRS. Uh, Public affairs, uh, media relations uh, guy, contact for uh, SoCal, Nevada, and also the, the Bay Area. Okay, so today's the first day that the IRS is actually processing returns. Yep. Um, What do we need to know? Well, you have until April 15th, as always, so 75 days, and then uh, all the different services we have are available, just as we always um, make messages of in terms of free tax preparation in the community for lower to moderate income taxpayers, all the uh, um, credits and deductions and and tax breaks that you're eligible for on irs.gov. You want to take advantage of those if you can. You mentioned that uh, you're going to go to a CPA or a or one of the firms, of course, about three out of five, about 60% of all tax returns are done by tax professionals in one way, shape, or form. However, we are seeing growth as we uh, years go by of you and me doing it ourselves in front of the computer. That is the largest part of the growth of e-file uh, in terms of uh, transmitting returns electronically, paperless, of course, with direct deposit. Uh, so um, just uh, jumping up and down, letting folks know here's where you can get help, here's what's available, and uh, and certainly take care of your business as best you can and file a return that's accurate the first time. Take your time you have until April 15th and um, be done with it and get your refund, as most people do. It's interesting that you say that, um, file your return accurately, because, it. and I'm kind of admitting this, it seems like every other year I forget one or two tax forms. Right. Um, and I always get caught, and the IRS is, and I, I, won't, I don't want to say caught, but I always get a, a polite letter from the IRS right. saying, you said you earned this. We think you actually earned that. Here's the money back, or you owe us a little bit more than you think you did. Right. So you get all your 1099s, 1098s, W-2s now, right, in January. But theoretically, by the end of today, it's, it's but some will trickle in later. And depending on what kind of uh, investor you might be, you might be getting some other uh, tax forms into February and March, uh, depending on what you do and what you invest in. But the bottom line is nobody wants to hear from the IRS more than once. And that one time is the correspondence we have in terms of transmitting the return and getting the refund or making a making a payment for a balance due. Nobody's going to question that, of course. But it's it just a make it a, a point to say don't panic, take your time, take advantage of everything you possibly can in terms of a deduction or a credit to lower your bill, legitimately, of course, based on your situation, and uh, get a, get it done the first time and be done with it. One of the things I hate about myself is that, and I don't know if you've ever done this, and I don't know if you'll admit this, but I've done my taxes once. I'm like, I should try that one more time to see if I get a different result. And I think there's that psychology that it's almost a game of filling out the forms. 
I've got rental properties. I've got you know business properties. So I've got I can't do my own taxes anymore. But when I was younger, I was always like, did I remember to enter that number, or did I give more to charity than I thought? Did I give less to charity? Like um, I gave away a car last year, and you know, in the back of my head, I was like, I have to print that form. I got to get that going to get it to my CPA uh, because I don't want to miss out on a deduction because it could you know save me some money. Uh, but I was bringing up the whole financial engineering aspect. Um, it's almost a game filling up forms, isn't it? It's uh, it's uh, certainly something you should do accurately, and, and I don't know if I want to call it a game because taxes in a game is not something we want to throw around lightly. Uh, it's, it's certainly okay to kind of present it that way, but certainly the information you put on your return is based on your situation. And, yeah, you don't want to forget anything. That's why you always kind of say, hey, uh, get some paperwork going that's good and accurate uh, for two reasons. One, record-keeping substantiation in case you're ever asked about it, for example, as you mentioned. Everything, you don't miss out on something. And I'll give you a quick example. If you're a, a parent, as I am, with kids, they go to day camps uh, you know, throughout the summer here and there, those uh, can qualify for something called the Child Independent Care Tax Credit, which can uh, offset some of those costs for sending your kids to camp under age 13 uh, in, in, as long as it's a day camp, not an over, overnight camp. But the bottom line is something like that uh, can lower your tax bill. So you keep those records when you get to your taxes, when you get to it at some point here between now and uh, mid-April, you go, oh, yeah, I forgot. I've got to make sure I make sure I take advantage of that because that will uh, reduce the taxes that I pay. And that should be a goal for everybody to the point where you pay no more and pay no less. It's interesting that you say that, um, and I want to throw out, I want to clarify. When I was saying game, I wasn't really saying game, but um, I once owned a house that I lived in for two years, and then I turned it into a rental for two years, and there's the law that says you have to live in the property two out of the last five. Right. It, my accountant said to me, he goes, you know, the IRS may see it as a rental because it's kind of like the trend is a rental, whereas, yeah, you could still do it. If you want to be aggressive, you do it this way. If you want to be conservative, you do it that way. Um, so there is some kind of interpretation, it seems, that you either want to be conservative in your filings or you want to be aggressive in your filings. It um, depends. It, well, yeah, and you, but conservative or aggressive or not, you should be taking advantage of whatever you can. In your case, if you lived in that home for two out of five and you, you lived it for two years, rented it for two, moved back for one, it can be non-consecutive, but that law says you can exclude a capital gain if you sell that home up to $500,000 for a joint return 250 single, and arguably that's a, a quite a pro-taxpayer law there to exclude that amount of money uh, if you're going to make a home sale and you have that capital gain. But certainly, uh, as you say, take advantage of that if that is uh, something you qualify for based, of course, on your complete set of facts and circumstances. And uh, for a lot of these things, you know, no, no, question, uh, no question about it. You might want to consult a, a tax professional because uh, when you're talking about that kind of a game, which I just mentioned for your example, that's uh, something you want to make sure you get right. Absolutely. I'm speaking with Rafael Tolino, IRS spokesperson. Um, Rafael, the Affordable Care Act, is what's the internal word at the IRS? Is it making things easier for people? Is it a little – it seems to be changing where you're not going to get penalized this year. The IRS is kind of like the watchdog on it. What's the what's the word for the the tax provisions? The best spot is irs.gov and then backslash ACA. Uh, in terms of uh, the marketplace, purchasing insurance, and those kinds of things, in 2014, as we begin now, it has really no effect for most of us on a 2013 tax return. So as we gear up to administer these provisions and uh, in the, on the individual side of things, for the premium tax credit, for example, or something called the individual shared responsibility payment. Uh, which comes along beginning this year going forward uh, for um, having health insurance or not, those kinds of things are being administered accordingly. But for 2013 taxes, for the most part, for most of us, 
there really is no effect. Uh, for higher income taxpayers, there may be an effect based on an increase per that law in the, um, uh, in the net investment tax, which is above, uh, I think it's 200 single, 250 joint, and also the additional Medicare tax. So that's why I say for the most part. For the, but for most taxpayers, the majority of taxpayers, when you're talking about health insurance and ACA, really no effect on 2013 tax year returns, which we begin to file today. Anything else that we need to know about 2013 that you want to inform our listeners in on in a couple of minutes? Uh, real quick, we had a, a law that came along and a lot of deductions and credits expired in 2013. They weren't renewed by Congress for 2014 going forward. So certainly you're going to have an advantage uh, to take advantage of the sales tax deduction or the tuition and fees and uh, those kinds of things that were on the books for 2013, but as we speak now, they have not been renewed for 2014 going forward. And the other thing to make mention uh, that's always a good point is as you file your return for 2013, keep in the back of your mind that it might not be a good idea to uh, plan a little bit in 2014. The average refund last year was up over $2,700. And fully $300 billion, with a B, was refunded back from Treasury to taxpayers. So take a look at your taxes as you go forward here in 2014 and pay what you actually owe and try to keep your money, if that's best for you, based on your uh, whole financial picture, in your own pocket as opposed to waiting uh, you know, until one, one time in the year when you get that refund back from the government. Thanks very much. It's Rafael Tolino, IRS spokesperson. He'll join us in a couple more weeks as we get closer to that deadline of April 15th. It's one of those necessary evils in our life, working with the IRS. Um, and, again, I, I use a CPA because I have to. My filings are just too complicated. I've got things out of state. Um, sometimes when you're an investor and you've got, like, Canadian pipelines, you're getting tax forms maybe into May. It, it gets sloppy and it gets messy. Sometimes it's better just keep your life a little bit simpler. You know, the Canadian tax officials want their money. The U.S. tax officials want their money. So you get, you know, these tax filings from both countries. And um, to say the least, it, it's it's work. So I use a CPA because I have to. Most people don't have to. If you don't have a complicated situation, I highly recommend do it yourself and or something very simple like an H&R block. Uh, financially speaking, it's nice to have someone else do it for you because, they help you solve the problems if there is a problem that does arise. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, market of the haves and have-nots. Google doing a stock split sends the stock higher. Last night after they reported the numbers, the stock was lower. Is the stock split the reason it's trading higher? Maybe. Um, it wasn't a great quarter. It was an okay quarter, but... There were some problems in the quarter, like the the amount they're able to charge on ads in mobile, a lot lower than the ad money they're able to charge on desktop. So Facebook is a little bit more mobile than Google, of which Facebook said something kind of interesting yesterday. At the end of the day, a Business Week story came out of Mark Zuckerberg. And in it, he said, yeah, we're going to go after Google and search because we got the data. Now, 10 years ago, the data was all dot-com related. You updated your website and Google got more data. They had spiders that would crawl the internet and find data. Now all the data is it's being integrated inside of Facebook, Twitter, instant messaging, um, Instagram, very closed systems that Google's not allowed in on. So the data over the next 10 years will be different than the data in the last 10 years. Google's not well positioned yet for that future data. Facebook is, though. Take a break here. Be right back. Now, now. 
Heart Locked Up. So this was considered the independent alternative breakout band of the year last year. I don't know. Something that I love about it is it's three sisters. And I don't have three sisters. I've got four brothers. And at one point in time, we wanted to start a law firm named Black, 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 and Black. Um, but that didn't happen because only two of us became lawyers. So the lead, not the lead singer, but one girl's lead singer, one girl's lead guitar, and one girl plays bass. And one, the girl who plays bass, her name's Este, E-S-T-E, last name Hane, H-I-I-M. And the name of the band's Hane. And what I love about it is, I don't know if you've ever been to live music and you see a band, but the bass player makes funny bass faces. I love bass players who make funny bass faces. They, they get in their music so much. And, and there's something. And a good bass player is all that and a bucket of chicken. Now, this band isn't related to Corey Haim. I should quickly, quickly mention that. But Este Haim, I totally dig. Because she's an attractive woman. And she makes these just scowling, hideous, upside-down, smiley face, just, you know, contortions of her face while she's playing bass. Okay. So that's Haim the band. Now let's do Corey Haim and some of his best quotes ever. Corey Haim, child actor. He said, I started on the downers, which were a hell of a lot better than the uppers, because I was a nervous wreck. Corey Haim, quote of the day. Do you want one more? I'll give you one more. Corey Haim once said, I've gotten to work with some great people. I've been really lucky. Who, who the hell has he worked with that was great? Corey Feldman? Come on, Corey Haim. He also, you want one more, one more great Corey Haim quote? Here you go. It basically comes down to that word, love. I guess that's what it's all about. Okay, 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 okay. I got one more Corey Haim quote. He's the greatest quote of all time. Like, seriously, send your kids to universities to become philosophy majors so they can learn Corey Haim quotes. Um, he said, what does kissing really mean to me? To me, if you feel when you kiss a girl that certain feeling of all those dolphins, like swimming through your bloodstream, and get those good tingles inside your stomach, I don't think there's any better feeling. Okay, wait, wait. Dolphins in your bloodstream? Do we think he might have been endorphins? And he just kind of threw dolphins out there? Or do you think Corey Haim has dolphins swimming through his bloodstream? I don't know. Tune in next week as I give you more Corey Haim quotes that you need to know. And this all started with the Haim funny face. So if you go to Bing, 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 or Google, just Haim, H-A-I-M funny face. Or Este Haim and her base face. And that's what you need to know going into the weekend. Dolphins swimming in your blood. Okay, okay, okay. Um, S&P 500 is down today. It's not been the best week. We've had some emerging market issues. And emerging markets will act like, get this, emerging markets. They will have problems with their growth. Countries like Turkey will go through these periods of just lovely growth. I've got some family members that vacationed in Turkey this year, and they loved it. Um, 
And I used to live in Turkey. I lived in a city called Izmir, Turkey. Um, and I, it's a very, very poor country when I was there. And it's developed some wealth. And, like, you can go to Banana Republic and get a jacket that's made in Turkey. Like, they've got some manufacturing. They've got some business now in coming out of Turkey. But they are going to run into problems of growth, just like the United States did. You know, we had the mafia. You know, we had mafia wars in the United States as, you know, new businesses started to come into the country. Emerging markets will do the same thing. South Africa, it's not perfect. There's going to be fits and starts. Think of it as a teenager, you know. You get that hyper growth, and then you kind of have to grow into it. You know the people who I felt really bad for. The people that were five foot tall in high school, and the next thing you know, they're like six foot tall, and they could barely walk. And they kind of like have that lurchy look to them. I was graceful. I was a beautiful teenage child. I was nominated as most beautiful, graceful teenage child of all time. But not everyone was lucky with their growth. So that's what's happened with emerging markets. It's normal and it's healthy. Now, there's a problem with emerging markets and developing countries that everyone's kind of figured out, let's devalue our currency. And you would think that would make gold go higher because a gold coin is a gold coin, and you can't really say, I'm going to go make a gold coin out of 80% gold instead of 100% gold. I'm going to say it's mostly gold. Well, then it's just a mostly gold coin, and it's not going to, it's only going to be valued on the 80% versus the you know, 20% zinc or whatever else you're putting in there. The point mean is, do you value in your currency? It's paper. And it's a paper asset. It's a soft asset, whereas gold is a hard asset. So you think gold would rock and roll here, but nope. Gold is struggling because the United States is tapering. I would stay away from gold, and if I had gold, I would sell, 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 sell. If I'm worth a couple hundred million dollars and I'm trying to hedge my wealth, gold's okay. But gold's not going to go out and get a job. Gold's not going to get hot and sexy. You know, gold's not going to you know remarry a wealthy philanthropist, engineer. Mountaineer, wine, sombrero-wearing dude. So we have that. Then we have the markets up five years in a row. And the average consumer is now rushing to get into the markets, which is a bad sign. So, yeah, let's get a correction. Let's feel a little bit of pain. You know, the, uh, the burn. After I do 150 push-ups, I could feel the burn. And it hurts the next couple of days. I lose a little strength. But it ultimately adds to my strength. Pullbacks are normal and good. Find me online at robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.